Hello and welcome to another episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, the podcast all about disaster, funny, hilarious, bad auditions and everything that happens behind the casting room doors that one doesn't necessarily get to hear about. My name is Christopher Bartlett-Walford, I'm your host and each week somebody from the world of entertainment joins me to delve through our listener pile of submissions and anonymous tales that you have sent in. This week I am joined by Ruth Bratt. She's an incredible musical comedian, actor, singer and performer that you will know from Showstoppers, the musical that's improvised on the spot every time you go and see something. It's different. You'll know her from People Just Do Nothing on BBC Three. She's Roche in that. You'll know her from Man Down. She's been in so, so many different shows on telly. We're absolutely honoured that she's come to us for a chat to delve into the bag of mysterious submissions. And also, let's face it, tell tell us some of her own as well. And probably some of mine. Oh, God, no, not more of mine. Oh, dear. As you're listening to the show and you think, I've got a story that can rival that one, then email it into us. Don't call us pod at gmail.com. We really want you guys to keep sending them in. We're having such a wonderful time reading through them and putting them in our big audition playlist, as it were, every week for our guest. So do please encourage your friends, your other performers, your casting director mates. Send them in, get involved in the show. Or if you're listening and you just want to say hello and tell us how one of the stories made you feel, do that as well. We'd love to hear from you. No one's got anything else to do at the moment, so it's all right. As you know, or if you don't, if this is your first time listening to us, I start the show every week by asking our guests the same question. What do auditions mean to them? It's changed over the years. I used to hate it. I used to hate auditioning. And I and I go through phases. So I find um, advert castings. They're just they're the worst, right? They're so soulless and you know and you're aware that you're just literally selling your soul to you know and some of the stuff you're asked to do and you're just like oh god so I I, so I go through phases with advert auditioning um where sometimes I'm like yeah yeah all right whatever and I don't mind and that's generally when I get the job um (laughs) to me then I don't get the job especially if I let it if I let it out in things I say, uh, <laughs> I've done that. Uh, I remember, I'll tell you this one, in one, uh, they were like, oh, we want real tears. And I went, oh, okay, I don't really do real tears. And they went, could you, could you um, access a really painful memory and just use that? And I said, I'm, so, I'm sorry, you want me to access a painful life, a real Pain for life memory for your chocolate biscuits. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so I kind of go through phases. Like sometimes I'm really anti and I'm like, I hate you all. And then other times I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it's fine. Um, but my attitude to auditioning for like theatre or TV stuff has changed a lot. I used to be terrified. I used to be so nervous and then um I just had this it was it was actually when I auditioned for people just do nothing and they wanted security guard and you know with the best will in the world that's not that has never been my casting bracket like I'm not I'm I'm not the you know cliche stereotype of a security guard a ballsy you know bolshy 
uh, and, and I, I sat with it for ages and I, you know, and I was sort of going, oh, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. And then I just went, all oh, right, just do what you think you being this character is rather than what you think they want you to be. Do you know what I mean? Like rather mm. than second what it is they want. And so I went in and I just did what I thought, what I felt comfortable doing and what was my take on that rather than what was what I thought might be the take that they'd want me to take. And um and when I after I got it and I remember sitting chatting with John, who's the producer, and um a couple of the guys, I think it was Steve I was chatting to, and they were like, Oh no, we had no idea. We had no idea what we wanted. Um There we go. And I went, Oh. So and it was like a real light bulb moment where I was like, they often don't like not in not in a bad way, they often don't know what they want. They haven't, um, they haven't got a completely set idea of what they want, and they want you to be good. They want you to, they they are just as desperate for this casting process to be over as you are. Um, they really want it to finish. So because it's it's pretty boring, and I've been on the other side of it as well. And I have to say, like you do that, and you go, I would recommend every actor hosts auditions at some point. Absolutely. Because you learn so much, like one, how to act, two, if you're nervous, just uh, accept that you're nervous and be nervous. Don't try and hide the nerves because that really, you know, uh, prepare, really make sure you have prepared. I spent so many years thinking I'd prepare. I hadn't. I hadn't prepared. (laughs) You know, um, but and all the things I've got are things that I have really thought about and really prepared and tried different voices and, you know, done all the stuff, done all the work beforehand, before going in. Those are the things I've got. So, so, and I also would say, you know, when you get to know some casting directors, cause you will, you know, over the years, you'll get to know some people who you see more often than not, cause mm-hmm. everyone has a, a casting directors who like them or, casting directors they get on well with or who always get them in or you know or just someone who you just happen to see all the time um and then when you get that relationship with them ask them questions like one of the best conversations I had was with Nikki Bly um because I'd just done a job that she'd cast but it'd been cast entirely on one uh um self-tape so I sent it in and got the job so when I did the self-tape and sent it in I went not gonna get that uh, uh and then didn't hear anything and then they were like the retro is on Monday and I was like oh okay so there was a really interesting thing where I was chatting to her and I was going oh god I, I really don't like self-taping and I get so caught up in it and she was like look casting directors know that it is not ideal and they they are watching it with that in mind they're not mm. watching same way that they'd be watching a live one so if you give yourself a bit of a break and and don't try and get it perfect and try and get the lighting perfect and care about that you know they want they want to see I know there's a lot of advice about making sure your lighting's right and making sure your background's right and all and yes for me it's make sure it's audible make sure it's visible and make sure you're doing a good acting job and the rest is it will happen yeah and it was listening to and it was talking to Nikki about self-tapes that made me less panicky about self-tapes I still they're still not my favorite thing and you know 
it's really hard as well when you live alone and you're trying to do a self-tape by yourself, literally by yourself. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> and trying to record the other voices and play them in and like, what are you doing? You know, so <laughs> to find a friend who lives nearby who's happy to help. I had to self-tape something for the first time in, in years because I don't necessarily work that side of things anymore, but it was a particular uh, show that needed... A Welsh vocalist in London for something. And I had to tape Calon Lard. So, you know, Welsh song that I've sung a bazillion times because that is life, the other side of the M4. <laughs> it's just it's just what we do on a Friday. Standard. It took me four and a half hours to sing a verse and a chorus because I was like, I can't, I can't, I, I, oh no, that bit was a bit wobbly. I was just doing it again. And I had my tripod, like the only place I could get good light and a nice acoustic was in our bedroom. So I had the tripod balanced on the bed, which, and then the cat jumped on it and it wobbled and the oh. It's horrible horrible and but everyone knows it's horrible and the casting directors know that it's horrible it's useful to know that they do as well because you don't you just there's it because there's such a kind of i suppose professional respect for casting directors because obviously you want to impress them so much when when someone auditions for a, especially if they've never met them before and never taped for them before you know the moment most of it self-tapes let's face it there's such a pressure that one puts on themselves to get it perfect and it doesn't have to be perfect it literally says on them don't worry if it's just on your phone that's fine yeah and they want and they want you they want you to be good that's the that's the biggest thing that i have in my however long i've been doing it 20 years is it's and it's taken me so long so long to realize one they want you to be good they are desperate for you to be good and i've heard so many people say it but it's taken me this long to actually believe it and the second thing is if you don't get the job it's not really anything to do with you. No. It's, um, you know, you're, you're, you look too young for the person who they've cast opposite you or you look, uh, or, or the person opposite you that they want to cast is t- taller, shorter, fatter, thinner. You know, it's never, it's, it's very rarely going to be you. It's going to be, it's not that you did anything wrong. It's that someone else did something right. It's it's so important to remember, um, and we've hinted at it before, but just because you don't get a job when you audition for something or, you know, you, you take for something, all right, we are a show about audition fails, let's face it. But it doesn't mean you weren't good enough. No. And it's so important to remember to tell ourselves that after we have those things, especially if it's a job that maybe you, you really wanted or you thought, oh, I was really, really into that. It doesn't matter if you don't get it because that person will remember you if you did a good job and you who knows what they're going to be casting again and they will remember you. Exactly. And statistically, you're not going to get it. No, no. I, some, somebody asked me the other day about how, how it is as a performer in a career and I said, well, basically, I've trained to get rejected permanently. Yeah. That, and, and that's... But that's... You kind of go... I'm always amazed that you ever do would get a job. <laughs> and you're like... <laughs> So many people going up for one job mm. but also I think it's really important to remember when you have been terrible oh, yeah. I remember one audition once and uh, I phoned my agent and I went I'm really sorry I, I just forgot to act and uh, <laughs> 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 I forgot to act <laughs> I don't think you got that one no definitely uh, uh, not. Ruth uh, we've, we've got some notes for you um, in in the next pass uh, could you act could you do yeah. some acting 
do some acting. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> sorry, yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, but I'm, I'm like, yeah, hands up to that one. I was bad. Are you ready for the start of this week's listener submissions? Yes, please. So a reminder to anyone listening for the first time, any audition story that I read out is completely anonymous. Uh, it's been submitted by a listener to the show uh, via email to don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. And every week it's both the best and worst part of my week because I love reading them, but I absolutely hate reading them because by the end of it, I'm too sweaty. It's really... <laughs> So... Uh, oh dear, which one shall I begin with? I think I'll start with this one. This comes in from a, an actor who says... Okay, a quick one for you. I get verbal diarrhoea when I'm nervous. A panto audition I had last Christmas was for Beauty and the Beast, and it was my first audition for quite a long time, as I'd just finished a long tour. I was really nervous. The audition room was one of those rooms where you can hear everything from the inside outside, and the girl before me had an amazing voice. So I psyched myself out a bit before I went in. Not a good start. When it was my turn... I entered the room and announced, Wow, she was good, wasn't she? <laughs> Why don't I just tell you to give her the job? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> then I always like to try and learn the names of everyone on the panel, so if I have any questions, I can address it to someone directly. I just think it's a nice thing to try to do. When it came to leave, after also embarrassingly commenting on how great the director's beast voice was when he read opposite me, that's just polite, I like that, I went to shake hands with the panel and say thank you to each person by name. There were five on the panel and the pianist. Loud and proud, I went for it. First name, great. Second name, smashed it. Third, I just looked blankly at them and eventually said, nope, I tried and walked away. (laughs) 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 I quickly shook everyone's hand in silence and ran out the room as fast as I could. Oh, bless them. (laughs) You'd be the one that they'd remember. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be the one that they go. Oh, do you remember that girl who, who came in and told us to cast the other woman? <laughs> I, th- I think we was... should. No. Yeah, maybe we should. Maybe she was right. Maybe she should go into casting. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a it's such a good example, especially as she says she'd had a little bit of time out because she'd been on quite a long job. You get out of practice at an audition, and even though you might have kind of muscle memoried into those fail safes of learning all their names it might not be applicable to you in that moment to do that so it's so important to remember that every single audition is different to the one before even if it's for the same role in the same show every room is completely different absolutely you have to so one of the things in in improv is that you play the the moment you play the the now right so so I try and do auditions in the same way. Like I, I cannot, you cannot prepare adequately for what an audition's going to be because you don't know until you're yep. in there. So, so I would always try and, and play the mood of the room that I am in at the moment, you know, yeah. I, I, and the mood that I'm in at the moment. Like, you know, I know there are definitely days, it's rare that I'll remember anyone's name, but there are days where I know I will definitely not. And the idea of going, right, I'll do my remember everyone's name check would be. (laughs) What day is it today? It's Friday. Oh, that's five name Friday. Okay. Yeah. Like, so I know that my next audition, because I haven't had one for ages, obviously, because of the lockdown. 
uh, I'm pretty sure that my next one's going to be pretty grim, I imagine. Oh, we're going to get an influx of emails come September when everything starts back. Yeah, and everyone's going, oops, I've forgotten how to... And also, because I don't know about you, but I've sort of forgotten how to be a human. (laughs) (laughs) I've certainly forgotten how to wear anything other than shorts. Oh, yeah. Me, anything other than um, massive onesies. Yeah, it's just comfortable. And uh, I I don't think I know uh, a female friend who's worn a bra since March the 20th. Why would you? Why would you? So uncomfortable. This next, this next uh, audition submission, it's, it's always useful for our listeners and audience to know that it's not just the performers in the audition rooms or the casting suites that can have dodgy days, let's say. This one comes in from a West End musical director. And he's titled this Disney Show Fail, which I already <laughs> love. <laughs> this is my kind of story. He writes, this was for a commercial West End Disney production. So instantly you can imagine what kind of material was appropriate to bring and what wasn't. A guy walks in for one of the older leads and puts on my music stand a single sheet of A4 paper with some chords written on it. No lyrics, no title. Uh oh. He says to me, I'd like to sing a jazz version of Sondheim's Pretty Women. I wrote it myself. (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) Just to stress, there were no lyrics, no actual notes on the stave, just a sheet of chords. I asked him if he could give me some indication of tempo or something, because I don't even know if this is like upbeat swing jazz or what. And he looks at me like I've got two heads and says, it's Pretty Women by Sondheim. So he's coming to a Disney audition, wants to sing a self-penned jazz version of Sondheim. He's scribbled on the back of an envelope and he's looking at me like I'm the stupid one. I try one more time and say, okay, but is it swung at all? Just Can you just sing me the first phrase? And he mumbles under his breath without any discernible tune or rhythm. Pretty women, fascinating. And walks over to centre. I proceed to play what I believe to be a perfectly passable jazz version of Pretty Women based on the chords in front of me. Whilst he never takes his eyes off me and mumbles his way through, giving me pure evils the entire time. (laughs) Even occasionally wincing theatrically. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Pretty women. (laughs) (laughs) the panel is also now looking at me and not him i'm now effectively auditioning for the role of most uncomfortable man in the universe for the panel and this man who hates me more than he's hated anyone ever he finished tears the music off the stand and walks out oh my goodness (laughs) it had already been a long day so the panel didn't even find this funny the atmosphere in the room was of sheer despair <laughs> oh, what did they? But the, I want to know whether the panel. But did they look at the MD and be like, "What was that? You was that him? You must have. They must have all known that." It I was mean, they him. must have told them afterwards. But you don't. We've said this before. Sheet music, and if you have to take in a song to sing with sheet music, just if you if there's any point of your career you have to do that, please learn how to do it properly. It's a really so. I I've not had many um musical theater auditions not being uh legit musical theater uh beings but i've so i've done a couple and i remember just t- chatting to the showstopper mds and being like how how do i do it how do i do this because there's so many different you know um 
things like some people like it sellotape some people want it in a folder some people want it flat some people want it and I was like what is the right one to do what should I do who just didn't know I saw a thing online the other day saying because of lockdown and everything a good idea now is some places that are getting ready they're not doing the auditions just yet some people that are getting ready to see you are asking you to uh, to send in your pdfs of your sheet music so they've got it on the ipad ready so that they can go through it so something to, that's really useful to do in lockdown if you are a singer of any kind and you have sheet music scan all of your sheet music and make them into pdf documents so a you have them on an ipad or your phone so you can airdrop them to someone in the room so that if anyone says have you got this in your rep and you don't have it with you you can say i'll just ping it over to you or email it to you and yeah. then that's that's now how we can go a bit more paperless you know everyone's got a battered rep folder if you're a musical theater performer of songs that you haven't sung since you were 15 but you know someone's going to ask you to sing it and you know unprepared that's I brilliant know, great idea it, i thought it was a really good a a good use of time where no one's doing anything and b actually quite environmentally friendly because you don't then have to if you lose it you don't have to print it out again and actually if you do need it for a concert or something where you need that sheet music you've got it already yeah it's not going to fade but yeah it's music musical theater auditions <sighs> i mean i obviously that's how i trained that's what i trained in but if you get dumped into that world for a show maybe you're an actor who's going for a musical who doesn't necessarily need to have a big kind of, you know, a big soaring 11 o'clock number or anything, but you might have to sing a bit. You're still going to have to prepare to do that. And yeah. it's so important. Just there's loads of stuff on YouTube. Find an MD on Twitter and ask their advice. If you don't know yeah. how to do it, it's it's respectful for the pianist. It's respectful for everyone in that room. And yeah. uh, what was the one that you went for in the end? Did you tape? Did you go for folder? What was your choice, Ruth? Well, uh, she says, pushing her glasses <laughs> up on her nose. I did both. Uh, <laughs> and the pianist, the choice. Uh, because I was like, I don't know. And then um, and the pianist was lovely and said, oh, I'll take the, the long one. Uh, but what was really funny was that because everyone else going in was proper MT, like proper MT. <laughs> <laughs> and it was me with literally one song. <laughs> That's all I had. They all had like their massive folder and I just had like a, sh- <laughs> a <laughs> sheet, just one sheet, like the advert, just one Have sheet. You- have you got anything else, Ruth? Uh, I could sing it again. Sing it again. Well, it was because they said they wanted song time and I didn't have enough time to learn a new one because we were on tour and blah de blah blah And I thought, right, go for one that you've already done before. Um, and like I say, like I, I don't have a repertoire because I've never had to have a repertoire. Yeah. Um, so it's really difficult when you're sort of going, I want to be prepared, but I can only learn, I can really only learn properly one song in this time. I can't, I mean, how, and also like to learn a few just in case, like what would my just in case ones be? <laughs> what would they be? <laughs> and I got given some chocolate at the end of it. So uh, she said, if you do well, because I said that I've never done this before. She went, well, if you do well, you can have some of this chocolate. And I went, okay. And I did it and then said, buy some more. And then she came running out after me and went, you forgot your chocolate. <laughs> I went, oh. <laughs> I love it. So, Ruth, tell me of a time when an audition that you were doing didn't necessarily go the way that you expected it to go. I don't mean that you didn't get the job. I just mean, like, I mean, a time that the day fell apart. I mean, definitely the, um, de- definitely 
the telling people I wasn't going to cry over a chocolate biscuit. Oh, and then the one, oh God. And it was the one that made me go, I'm not, I'm not doing any more adverts. And I said to my agent at the time, I went, I'm not going after it. I'm not going up for any more adverts unless they're worth 27 and a half thousand pounds. And he said, well, about 25. And I said, no, 27 and a half thousand. <laughs> and then like six months later, I went, I haven't had any auditions. Um, could I go back down a bit? Maybe like three, 3,000 pounds. Um, and, uh, so I went in and it was for cheese. It was for cheese. <laughs> just, just cheese general. Cheese. I can't remember what make it was. I probably shouldn't say anyway, even if I could. But um, you had to eat some cheese and then get tickled under the chin and laugh. That, that obviously what else would you do in a cheese advert and um and they had got it's got they blown up a rubber glove on uh, and then tied it to a stick and they were using that to tickle you but you had to eat a piece of cheese and they'd cut these enormous chunks of cheese which of course were just sitting out in uh in the casting room so by this point they were they were sweaty cheese you know when they've when they've gone like you know and so they went so we'd like you to just eat the cheese and then and i was like okay um and then we'll tickle you under the chin and uh they so i i, I put the cheese in my mouth and because it was a massive bit of cheese <laughs> that we all know when you're going to eat eat a tiny bit and do big chew acting like you've eaten a lot that's the way to eat on screen but you couldn't in this room because they'd given you the piece of cheese and so you had to eat it like oh i love cheese Mm, i do love cheese not sweaty cheese that's been sitting in a casting room for however long anyway so as i was chewing it i could i could feel that it started coating my top teeth you know that like cheesy coating and then i was like oh god i'm gonna have to laugh and smile but where (laughs) I've now got cheese clag in, in my teeth. And then this man comes at me with a, a glove on a stick and tickles me under the chin. And I must have, because I was trying to laugh but not show too much of my teeth. So I, I think I did like a... Like a I, know, I don't know what I must have looked like. It was the most uncomfortable. And it all that we all sort of went... Mm. And I swallowed the cheese, like really, like a cat trying to throw up. Uh, and obviously that's not going to go down well in a casting as you're like, you know. And then um, and then they went, yeah, okay, thanks. Uh, thanks. And I went, thanks. Uh, so it's, and as I was leaving the room, they're like, yeah, we may have to rethink the glove on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, and the cheese weirdos but that was definitely that's a memorable one i didn't get it oh what <laughs> what you i think this is it maybe commercial auditions get a bad rap on this podcast but it's because and i promise to goodness if you haven't ever been to one they are mental sometimes so I, here's one this is from decades ago literally decades and i went in and they had a they, <laughs> they had a like a tape player well, it would have been a CD player, CD player sitting on the side of the room. And they went, um, we're going to play this piece of music and we'd like you to, we'd like you to be an, <laughs> an emerging daffodil. And I went, what? I have no idea to this day. I cannot remember what this was for. So <laughs> I had to do this weird dance like an emerging daffodil. 
So I just was like, oh, and just was not taking it seriously because I was like, this is like the worst drama school exercise. <laughs> and so I, yeah, I did it. And then at the end they went, mm, I wasn't really getting daffodil. And I went, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, I was doing Lily. And then, <laughs> and then they said, well, thank you very much. <laughs> Well, that was the oh, that was bad. Oh, sorry, I was doing Lily. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. I the thing is, you're right. I mean, I obviously wasn't there. You were there. What was the audition for? Who knows? Could have been anything. Could have been anything. And and what was the point of it? You know. A... And I realised like there's a lot of stuff now that. So I did one. This is really recent. And as I was, as I was crawling on the floor, doing being a commando beaver. <laughs> I just had a moment where I went, oh, no, 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 no. Because that was also a room where I'd heard the. it was one of those ones where you could hear the people before you. And I'd heard the person before me and she, you know, was great. And um, and they were saying as she was in there, you know, they were just like, oh, they loved her. And they were sort of saying how brilliant she was. And, and I was just sitting outside going, oh. <laughs> and then, and then I heard, as she was leaving, they said, do you know what's really great is that, you know, lots of people would come in and do this as a comedy character, but you did it really seriously. And I went, oh, I think someone's going into the wrong audition. <laughs> uh, and so I went in and was not serious because I'm not serious. Like, you know what I'm not serious uh so and so about halfway through the commando thing I was on the floor talking into a fake walkie-talkie going breaker breaker <laughs> just, just <laughs> my own amusement to make myself laugh because mm, the panel were not uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah but there are moments where you know you go god I'm in my 40s I'm not going to be a commando beaver so this this next one we yeah. sod it let's keep it on the theme of commercial auditions because i this is this oh dear and this is this must be something that comes up a, a more than people care to admit this is when uh, an actor got called in for a let's call it the colonel's chicken audition he says I was once called into a casting for a commercial for a very well-known certain fried chicken fast food chain. Chicken chef. Chicken, chicken, <laughs> muck chicken hut. <laughs> you know the kind of advert. A fluffy family one where they all sit down at a table together and delve into a bucket of chicken and enjoy it together. Now, I do like chicken, but I do not like chicken on the bone. Oh, that's tricky. I just can't eat it without gagging. The specific requirements for this audition were quite vague, and whilst I thought that eating chicken may be part of the casting, I had hoped it wouldn't be, or I could choose maybe a boneless piece. Right. So I accept the audition, eager for a job and not wanting to turn down an opportunity. In the audition room, I'm given two pieces of direction for the screen test. You guessed it, the first one being, bite into the piece of chicken, and the second one being, look at your son lovingly. By the way, there was no one playing my son. I had to have an imaginary one. Yeah, always. That wasn't the thing playing on my mind, though. There was a bucket of chicken in front of me and no boneless pieces for me to bite into. So I picked up the piece that looked the least bony. 
<laughs> and went for it. I took a big, convincing bite. Of course, me not being a chicken on the bone eater means I don't really know where I'm going to find bones. So, you guessed it, I'd bitten straight into one, which broke off in my mouth. Oh, no! I'm holding back the feeling of wanting to vomit whilst trying not to choke. <laughs> oh. I'm pretty sure the look of love I remembered to give my imaginary son was probably not ideal, as I was turning green and struggling not to spit the chicken across the table at the casting director's face. <laughs> Needless to say, I did not get that commercial. Oh, I'd have given you the job. That's, oh, that's tough. That is tough. But see, here's the thing, right? Most, audi- like most hell audition hell stories, and this is why I don't mind telling them, because... No, no one comes out of them well, right? So it's not, it's not like you're going, you know, the casting directors were awful, or the, um, or the, you know, the creatives were awful, or the ad execs were awful, or any of that. You're, you're saying, including myself, <laughs> everyone in that room was complicit in a terrible, terrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> One of my stories, most of them are uh, either me being too grumpy to do it properly or or letting some so a lot of it you know sometimes I let some of the the bs that happens in those things get to me and then when that happens I do a really bad job and I'm really aware that I do a really bad job and I wouldn't hire me because I look like someone with an attitude or someone who can't act uh you know or forgets to or forgets to um so it's just I I love it that no no one comes out of it well like every (laughs) comes out of it awfully it's a level playing field it's fine everyone was terrible let's scrap that day off you know just as one of those things and then carry on yeah oh that's brilliant i I feel bad and the the thing is he's also sent me the actual commercial so so a watching the advert that you didn't get (laughs) thinking that's that's how you bite into chicken oh so i will put that up on our twitter this week and show you just a the actual commercial and then yeah you can you can imagine the role yeah and if the oh. sun was worth looking lovingly at maybe i love it when they make you do that like look lovingly at, at your son and you're like oh, okay like because I, I find a lot of a lot of castings are like sort of weird tests of your mime ability <laughs> how good's your imagination and mime terrible <laughs> i i can't remember what it was for but i had to smash a watermelon on the floor once an imaginary watermelon because they didn't want to waste food. But yeah. that's just me literally going, huh. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I don't know why. And I think it was they wanted like a big kind of woo reaction, like a face, like, ah, I don't know. They were, they were shooting the face. Why Why the watermelon then? What, why? I, I know. Sometimes it's like, just tell me to have a reaction. I can have a reaction. Yeah. And I don't need to come into central London on a really busy day, spend £7.50 on a return tube trip to show you, oh, Oh, I can take a picture. Oh. So here's the thing. You can say that. Like I had a mate who had done a casting and he had to put his head on one side. And then they went, can you come back in? Uh, Because we didn't see your head on the other side. And he went, I think you can take it as red that if I can put my head on one side, I can put it on the other side. He was like, like, no, I'm not going to. Are you like, what? Are you joking? No. I mean, there are days when it's really lovely. Like I've been to a couple, like I remember going to one audition and, um, they were running really late. And normally that would really annoy me. That really bugs me. On this one particular occasion, um, one of my mates was there. Uh, she was going out for the same thing. And um, 
we were just sitting waiting and I think we had like an hour and a half maybe you know of waiting and normally I would have easily gone by then but we were having such a good time and um we had like basically down in the waiting room we were basically having a party we went someone went out and got coffee Then we all just sat and we had a good old gossip because loads of us hadn't seen each other for ages. We had a good old catch up, like proper, you know, coffee meeting. And um, and then we looked at the and we'd been looking at the, you know, every now and then at the script. Not very often because we were enjoying ourselves. Once we, over. It, yeah, it was for a French advert. So it was very strange. <sighs> and it was a, a, a woman walking into her teenage son's room and um, hearing kind of muffled yodeling and then taking a picture off his wall and there were lips in the wall yodeling. I don't know what it was for. And um, and I think it was, and then there were like more than one pair of lips in the wall yodeling. And I said, oh my God, has her son been cementing women into his walls? And then none of us could get that out of our heads for the casting. So we were, <laughs> it was like the best advert you've ever heard of. But it was, it was genuinely one of the most fun mornings I'd spent because it was just a joyous kind of, oh, here's all my mates. Let's hang out and have a coffee. And yes, we have to do this advert casting and, you know. Such an inconvenience by that point as well, isn't it? It was, yeah. We're, like, we're having a really nice chat, actually, thanks. Sorry, but busy. <laughs> it when, was... when we're ready, okay? <laughs> you, you, you've been you've been doing your thing. We've been waiting. So you can wait for five minutes. <laughs> it's really... Like, I, so I think things like that, you kind of have to... You've got to find your joy in those things. Mm. And it's really easy to get cynical and miserable about them. And, you know, and I think I think a healthy dose of, dose of cynicism is useful. But I also think you have to be kind of, you know, you also have to just be like, oh, well, this is part of the job. And it is part of your job. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, getting the job is, uh, you know, getting the actual job is is a wonderful thing. But going for the auditions is your job. So if you've gone for an audition today, you've done your job. Yeah. That was your job, you know. Hopefully after lockdown, they will maybe pick up on the lateness a little bit, though. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Ruth, as obviously you've done lots of different work on stage, on screen, and you know people know you from loads and loads of different things. Um, we we kind of reached out to people who listen to the show and asked if they had any auditions for things that maybe were on screen. Um, and because we get lots of different stage ones, we get lots of commercial ones, but we, we could maybe have some more TV auditions. You know, I've, I've got a few in my locker that I haven't unearthed just yet, but we did get one in. Uh, well, we got a few in, but we, I'm going to tell you this one. <laughs> and it kind of blends, it kind of blends theatre and TV at the same time. You'll see. Uh, this is from uh, an actor and she writes. I'm not the most sporty of people. I'm a singer and an actor. Sports don't usually go hand in hand with musicals. So when my agent at the time got me an audition for a new super secretive musical drama TV show, I was over the moon. I went into the first audition, had to sing a couple of pop songs, and, if I'm honest, I nailed it. I got a recall. I was told to meet at a certain location, which seemed to be a private health club kind of centre, for a physical workshop audition. It says, no singing required, I was told. And to dress for a sporty activity. Now, being not sporty at all, I had some pineapple branded dancewear, so thought this was as close as I could get. 
and it was a musical drama, so surely a, a movement workshop, a physical workshop audition rather, would be a dance call, right? Wrong. I walked in. Reception sent me to the changing rooms and told me to go to court number four. I got changed, and when I arrived at court number four, there was a full catalogue of cameras, a big panel of producers, and what looked like an entire basketball team, and a few people, like me, looking utterly bemused at the whole situation. I recognised a few of them from the first audition. The physical workshop audition was, in fact, a pretend basketball match, as they needed strong sports ball connection to the show. <laughs> sports ball, I like that. It doesn't even know, it's basketball. Sports ball. Sports ball. They needed a strong sports ball connection to the show, but they couldn't tell anyone. It turns out, basically, they wanted to remake Glee and High School Musical, but set it in Croydon. My kind of show. Ah. Uh. We basically had to have a play about with the team of basketball players, with us having absolutely no prior skills in the sport, whilst they pumped loud pop music for us to move to. It was weird and it was a nightmare. Cue five incompetent non-sporty actors flailing around to get the ball to a soundtrack of early Taylor Swift and Katy Perry. Not getting the ball much, and when we did, throw it so far away from the net, she says, hoops, that it bounced off the table and at one point hit one of the producers in the face. <laughs> <laughs> she was fine, I think. <laughs> when we finished the workshop, they then did, in fact, get us to do some singing, some harmony work. But we were so out of breath from the surprise basketball match, it sounded like we were all being hit in the stomach with the balls whilst trying to sing. I just wanted to crawl into a hole and die. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Oh. I don't oh. think the show ever got made. I certainly was not cast in the pilot and I never, ever, ever want to attempt to play basketball again. Oh. Oh, dear. Oh, no. <laughs> now... I mean, I that's probably my my worst nightmare being asked to play some kind of sports ball. Sports ball. A, any any sports ball in an audition. No, it's, no, I don't play sports ball. <laughs> I I mean, I understand if it's a new show in development. You know, maybe a, you know someone like Sky One have got these big plans for a show and they don't want it to get wind to anyone else. But by that point, you you know you, you're quite far down the line. Also, there's so many NDAs and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, and I've never understood it. Like, you know, when you go up for um, one of these things that's so secretive, they won't tell you what it's for. Mm -hmm. And so and so those ones I always find really weird because you'll be doing an audition and you won't have the actual script. They'll give you... So often what they do is they give you a script from an existing film that has nothing to do with the film you're auditioning for. Mm -hmm. You're auditioning for. And you you do that, but you're kind of in a, because you're like, well, I don't know, I know what this character is, but I don't know what the character is that you want me to play. And often they're not the same. So you're just kind of going, well, I don't really know how to do this. I don't know how to, you know. So I had a friend who went up for, I'm sure I can say now, I think she went up for a stormtrooper. Oh, um, right. Uh, but you wasn't told she was going up for a stormtrooper. Was told that she wasn't going up for the part that she'd got the script for, and the script was for not even a sci-fi thing. It was for something else. Line of like, duty. Yeah. What? Well, what are you? What? Not. Not even that close. I mean, further than that. You're like, what? <laughs> what am I auditioning for? What is it? You know. 
So I find that very weird. And and a lot of the NDAs, because a lot of them, I'm like, no, no one cares. No one cares. I mean, I'll sign it, but literally, no one I know cares about this. But some of them, I get why I get why they do them. Mm. Um, but it's just very weird that they won't even tell the actor what the actor. And then and then you're like, well, how do you think this actor's going to give you what you want when they don't know what it is they're actually auditioning for? I've I, I've never understood that. How are you going to get anything from me that is even close to what you're looking for if you won't even tell me what it is that I want? You could, I, su- I suppose, with something like that, you could take your chances. If you know you're not going to be told what you're going for, but you think, oh, I know that that's casting at the moment. Yeah. So maybe if I'll you put- go dressed all in white with a, you know, carry like a black handbag that's like a gun and maybe a bit of contouring on your chin and make it look like the, f- I don't know, you could go, oh no, it's just coincidence. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to say that I was that in in uh, I, I knew anything about the industry, but I never know what's coming up. I'm so out of the loop. <laughs> I was like, oh, are they making that? Oh, that's nice. Thought, <laughs> oh, terrible. <laughs> Tell me one more. You mentioned when we were talking about having you on the show about uh, something about Downton Abbey chauffeur. So this is very sweet. This is very sweet. Um, I and it was a good learning curve for me as well. So I was asked to go and audition for uh, a comedy, TV comedy, and they'd sent me the script the night before, and I'd done my best to learn it. But I am not because of how much improv I've done uh, a lot, and I'm getting better because I've started to. Because after this, I started to go. You need to work on this because because I'd spent so much time not learning lines uh i'd lost the i just lost the muscle memory of how to learn lines you know mm. and also because i keep going oh well i can i can just make it up if i don't know what it is, i can make it up um very arrogant uh so anyway so i'd i'd got this it was quite a lot of script as well and i was like right i need to learn it i need to learn it and i'd, I'd sort of done my best or thought i'd done my best and you know and then i was uh and it was um outside i don't know if bbc comedy's still there anymore it's up by um Great Portland Street, yeah. one of the roads going off Warren Street, and um, off the Euston Road rather. And I was, I was waiting outside, and I was sitting on a wall, and I had the script in my hand, and I was just sitting on this wall, really aware that I did not know my lines, and like really trying to ram. Young man, um, sort of walked past and then stopped and went, "Are you learning lines?" And I went, "Yeah, I am. Yeah." And he went, "Do you want me to test you on them?" I'm just going to the dentist, so I've got I'm killing time. Do you want me to test you on them? And I went, "You're right, go on then." Um, and so I was. Uh, so he tested me on them, and I was terrible. And he was like, "Oh, you need to do a bit more work on those." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I really do." And then as he was walking away, I went, "That's the that's the chauffeur from Downton Abbey." <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I just went, "Oh!" And I, and I was really aware that I'd just done a terrible job of remembering lines in front of him. Um, you know, and I was like, oh, oh. And I went in and the, the audition went okay. It was fine. I could have known the words better. Um, and then and then I tweeted him, cause I was like, was it him? You know, when you're going, was that him? I think that was him, was it him? But I tweeted him and I went, um, if that was you today, thanks. Like that was a really nice thing to do. Cause I was clearly like in a bit of a, pacey panic when he was walking past me you know and that even though I was sitting down you know that that um mm. 
panic of and it did actually even though like I was terrible uh it did calm me down because it was just like oh there's a there's a guy just walked past and did my lunch and that was nice um and I said oh thanks very much and then I went just so you know I was a bit better in the room <laughs> I was on the wall because <laughs> terrible on the wall and he was like yeah it was me you know and and it really it was one it was so nice because he didn't need to do it he didn't need to do it he was just a bloke walking past he didn't have to do that um so it was nice to have someone to run lines with um and it was just a very nice gesture for someone to do that is uh, really sweet just some some random woman on a wall yeah. panicking Clip. about lines and he's like I'll, I'll i'll run them with you, you know, she looks just... like she needs help <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she looks like she is going to tank. Um, <laughs> and then, but it also really made me go, right, if it was like a weird thing, I'm like, if you're embarrassed to do your lines publicly in front of someone, then you don't know your lines well enough. Oh, that's a great phrase. That's good. And it's very, very true as well. Yeah. Because I, I was really like, oh, he must think I'm terrible. Uh you know, and I'm not terrible. I just was not very good then. But it, but it was a really useful, it was just a useful thing to learn and just a sweet thing to do. And then, of course, when he said yes, then all of his super fans uh, were like, oh, my God, you're so lucky. You're so lucky that that happened to you. <laughs> it was like, oh, I mean, you know, he seemed all right. <laughs> so, right, guys, you too can not know your lines for something and just go and hang about near BBC Comedy. It'll happen to you too. Dentist is near there. (laughs) (laughs) So before we let you go, we always ask our guests uh, towards the end of the show what your audition addition would be. What is the one thing that you would add to the process um, to make it more enjoyable for you, for the team, for everyone in the room? What would you add to the process to be a bit more fun? I'd add like a, a really friendly cat in every room. <gasps> now we are talking. It has taken eight episodes for someone to bring in a cat to the room and I am totally here for it. Well, because I think if it was a dog, like I love dogs, don't get me wrong, but yeah. they demand quite a lot of attention. So, you know, they can be a bit like, woohoo, there's a new human here. And then there's a quite a lot of, you know, whereas a cat, a friendly cat, is happy to come and purr near you and like weave around your legs, maybe sit on your lap, and is not demanding. Nope. In fact, it's the opposite of demanding. They have very little interest in you personally, uh, but they're very calming when they're curled up and purring on your lap. Yeah. I would, I'd be so much happier if there were a cat in the room, a cat or or cake. Cake. Like just nice cake. Nice yeah, cake. I'd, eclair. That's what I'd like in every audition. Because I would never buy myself a chocolate eclair. It's got to be something you wouldn't buy yourself. And I'd never make a chocolate eclair. But if someone like, here's a chocolate eclair, I'd be like, ooh. Because then you'd feel like you were getting something for what for what you... Because I think often auditions can feel like I've I've really, really given it everything. And I'm not going to get anything back. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm one, not going to get feedback. Although they're much better at that now. They are much better it's getting at getting there. You know, sort of saying thank you, but no. Um, 
because I'm from an era where I was like when when that all started with they're like you know you should really give a no I was like oh guys just assume it's a no and then isn't that <laughs> like I'm always surprised if anyone says no like I'm always I'm always the assumption is you know no um but I've realized that's not necessarily a healthy way to live I'm aware of that but I am also you know I've, when you've been doing it for as long as I have you kind of go oh well Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Never mind. Because um, you don't feel like you're getting anything back. Like you're not getting any feedback. You're not getting the job. You're not getting any money. If anything, you've paid money to do. Mm-hmm. So if they just gave you a little little free eclair, ooh, you'd feel like, yeah, yeah, well done me. Well done me. I mean, I do sometimes go and buy myself something if I've done a good audition. This, this is So Alex in, in episode two said exactly the same thing. If you've done an audition, whether it went great, you got the job, it went bad, didn't, go and get yourself an ice cream. Right, reward yourself for putting yourself out there in that moment. And 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 Sarah Jane last week said that's a really good thing to do, putting yourself out there and into that world of, let's face it, probable rejection and, and negativity towards you in that moment. That's hard. And that's why an awful lot of people don't do the business anymore. So you should feel free to congratulate yourself. And, and, and if the panel give you an eclair, even better. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes go and um, if, it, if it's a central London audition, I'll often go, anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that I am slightly obsessed with the, the food chain foe. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You, you, it sounded uh, like you were begging them to reopen in central London the other day. Genuinely was begging them. Uh, genuinely, um, uh, yeah, I really love Fo, and um, I'd often just go right. Well, I'll go and have lunch at Fo, even though it's not lunchtime, or I'll go and get get myself something nice from. Or there's um, if it's if it's been a really bad audition, what I will do is I will go for Fo, and then uh, there's one on Wardour Street, and then just down from it, there's this cake shop called Leto or Leto. And the cake is, if you've walked up Wardour Street, you know the shop because it's this glass window that's just oh. got heaven in it. And it's, the cake is amazing. Oh. Uh, so I'll often <laughs> those as a little like, well done you, you did an audition. Basically, we've turned into the Off Menu podcast. That's what we've done. Honestly, I could talk about all the places I've eaten after horrible auditions. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And that was this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You with the excellent Ruth Bratt. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. We had such a fun afternoon talking. Uh, Zoom played up a little bit, so I had to edit around that. But I hope you all enjoyed the show just as you usually do. Oh, that story about the cheese audition. It just really made me laugh. There's something in cheese that is just inherently funny. And especially when you know that you've got to eat it in oh, as, a, as a dairy freer by unfortunate bodily design. <laughs> I, I would not have coped with it at all. Oh, dear. If this was your first episode listening to us, thank you so much. But make sure you catch up with all of the other episodes in the series so far. Uh, there's going to be people you know, people you've heard of, people from theatre, TV, film and people you've never heard of as well. And they're often my most favourite ones for people to listen to because they don't know what to expect and they have a brilliant time. We've got a load more episodes coming up. So make sure you subscribe on your podcast platform where you're listening now. 
And if you are able, make sure you write us a quick review and give us a five-star rating, especially in Apple Podcasts. It genuinely helps us be found by lots of people who've never heard of us before, and they'll love it just as you have. Make sure you give us a tweet. We're at Don't Call Us Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram. We always share little video clips of the show as well. And the best thing you could do to help support us is recommend the show to your friends. Tweet about us. Tell tell those people that you think will have a laugh with us uh, to get listening and get sharing the show. In the episode description, you will find uh, the two organisations that Ruth would love you to help if you are able during this time. We know it's hard for everyone, but... We're a free podcast with some free content, some free entertainment. If you're able to support two wonderful causes, then please do so. But for now, that's us out for this week. We will be back with you next Friday or whenever you listen to it during the week. And we've got a really awesome show next week. In fact, the next four or five shows are particularly fantastic. So get subscribed and get listening and we'll see you very soon. Have a good week. Stay safe. Wear those awesome masks and be the superhero you are. And remember, don't call us. We'll call you. Goodbye, everybody!